This is the Gambling Gauchos. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. I don't have any funny job for you today, Kyle. <laughs> We're recording live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. If you want to gear up for the Matadors final home game on July 9th, or just get some Texas Tech gear for the summer, summer camps. Maybe you're going to a Code Ninja summer camp, whatever you need to gear up for, you can do that at Cardinals. You do it live online, mycardinalsports.com, or in Lubbock, or in Plano. Kyle, how you doing tonight? I'm great, sir. How are you? I am good. The fine ladies of the pharmacist at uh, United worked hard to get me out in about an hour and a half. So, yeah, you know, hard to ask for any any quicker service than that. Yeah, I mean, she was working hard for like the last forty five minutes because I was kind of, I looked impatient. I wasn't being impatient. I was being very nice, but it was like, all right, come on. Did you uh, ask them if they wanted to be the official pharmacy of the Gambling Gauchos? No, I did not, but I would uh, welcome that. I mean, I've never had any problems there. It's just this is a new medication, and they called it in at, at 5. I went at 7. So I guess I probably went a little early. I should have gone tomorrow. Anyways, it's a thing. It happened. It happens. I'm. I'm. Are you like a customer service complainer? No, I'm usually pretty sympathetic unless something is just like completely outrageous. Yeah. And even then I'm not personally rude or mean to somebody. I'll be like, hey, yeah, like we've been sitting here 90 minutes. Our food isn't here. We're not going to pay for it. I'm generally a pushover. Like, hey, just take care of everyone else. I'm fine, (laughs) which I probably shouldn't be that way. (laughs) But man, I was close to saying something today. So close, man. Just let my mind know. But she was nice and she was, you know. Well, you know, don't want to be mean to her. I don't know, but that, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Brett, your mark, new commissioner of the Big 12. You and I have said for months, months, really the last year, Kyle, how we wanted a new direction for the Big 12. And if that new direction was just a new body, if that new direction was, let's say, a sitting AD who we thought was really good at raising money, like Kirby Hocutt, and had the qualifications for the job, or if it was somebody completely out of left field who succeeds in sports marketing, those were the three qualifications. And your mark, hey, new body, and succeeds in the field of sports marketing. Win-win. Yeah, just to rehash my personal position, which I think aligns closely with yours, but of course I don't want to put words in your mouth. Being a bit of a homer, I was of course lobbying for Kirby Hocutt because I think he would do a good job and I think he's destined for a Power 5 commissioner role or a role with the NCAA or whatever governing body winds up governing whatever the Power 5 becomes. But short of Kirby Hocutt, I don't think you or I advocated for any other sitting AD, president, associate AD, associate commissioner. We, I think, were both on the train of do something similar to what the Pac-12 did. They got a 
MGM resort guy, but you and I were on the train of go get an executive from Hulu or Amazon or, or even if not a streaming platform, one of the cable networks, ESPN, Fox, do something out, outside the box. Yep. And I think this was even further outside the box than I ever imagined was feasible. And I tweeted this when it broke um, yesterday, not this afternoon. Did you tweet breaking? I did not because it broke yesterday, not this afternoon. Oh, okay. And uh, we don't break news like that, but I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, I tweeted. You tweeted this. I yeah. tweeted, I'm intrigued. Am I, am I certain this is going to work out swimmingly? No. Do I think you need to swing for the fences and try something? Absolutely. And I think you yeah. at least have to give them credit for doing that. And I, I was asked to grade the hire. I said instant reaction, like 7.5. I was going to say like B plus, A minus. Yeah, just because I love the, the movement, that direction. But we don't know. I mean, ask it, me in two years. It could I, be a disaster. Absolutely. But so could the Big 12. Right. I, I also the, think if it's a disaster under your mark, not my mark, but your mark, um, that's not to say that it wouldn't have been a disaster had you hired Washington State's president, or right. for that matter, Kirby Hoka. It might not be the fault of the commissioner. The league might, might just be, be too far gone. Maybe. It I hope not. Be. Yeah, I don't think so. But I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, man, this guy's going to fail unilaterally. I just don't think that. I want to read a couple quotes from the press release that I think are very telling. Okay. I also want to paraphrase some quotes later after this. Remind okay. me to do that. I will. So the president of Texas Tech University, Dr. Lawrence Skuvenek, he's also, is it chairman of the board for the Big 12? Chairman of the Big 12? Um, he's yeah, kind George, of in George charge. Steinbrenner, of, chairman of the board. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he was quoted today. Brett Yormark has an extensive background in working with student athletes and institutions of higher learning to promote the advancement of young people, both in the classroom and on the field. Now, I completely made up that quote. That was not said by Lawrence Skuvenek. And I would be disappointed if that was the quote in the press release, because here's yeah, what was, was like, actually said. <laughs> like that. All right. I don't see how he could do that, but here's what was actually said. Emphasis mine. In Brett Yormark, we have chosen a highly adaptable leader who thrives in dynamic times. The landscape of college athletics is evolving to look more like the world Brett has been leading. He's authentic and genuine in the way he builds relationships and partnerships, and he works relentlessly to deliver impact. As Brett immerses himself in college sports and connects with all our stakeholders, he will bring a fresh approach and dynamic energy to the Big 12 as we engage a new generation of student athletes and fans. Now that to me sounds exactly like a conference that sees the shifting landscape, NIL, transfer portal, you name it, uh, TV deals, streaming deals, and said, we need to go big. We need a guy who gets that as well and not, oh, he has a 35-year-long resume of empowering student athletes on and off the field. That would have been an F-. minus. And they yes. went the exact opposite, and I give them credit for it. <clears throat> what the Big 12 seems to get is that these players are not student-athletes anymore. That ship has sailed. They are athletes who are students. 
but the NIL contracts make these players professional athletes that are getting degrees. And it's just, I think we can get into this later as far as the three main things Brett Yormark needs to do. Number one, secure a TV deal. Secure the bag. If you don't have, you know, at least in the same ballpark as the other Power Five conferences, the rest of it doesn't matter. And what, they what finally, just, while you're going there on that note, yeah. what's that mark? What number do you want per year, per school? I, I don't know. I'd have to look at, okay. I think a lot will depend on what the Pac-12 gets because they're a year before you. And I would sort of benchmark it against that. Okay. All right. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, Because I think without that, the rest of it is moot. And we can just drop the pretense of like, oh, well, it doesn't regionally, geographically make sense, BYU and UCF. It doesn't matter. All the conferences are, whether they want to admit this or not, all the conferences are, are conglomerates. It's, uh, It's collective bargaining with TV networks. It's just 10 or 12 or 14 teams pairing up to negotiate with a TV partner and a streaming partner. And the Big Ten can say, oh, you have to be a, what is it, AAU, Tier 1. And the Pac-12 can be like, oh, well, we're committed to the Pacific time zone and academic excellence. Those conferences, if they truly believe that, are losers. The Big Ten doesn't believe that. No. I I think they say that, but they understand. if it. If it makes more financial sense for USC and the Big Ten to join forces, they will. And does that make sense geographically? No. Is there any history there? No. But it has nothing to do with that. It's about the almighty dollar. Okay. Go ahead. I I was just going to reiterate. Skuvenek's quote, some other quotes in here, make it sound like we understand that, and that is why we made the hire we did, to get the biggest TV deal possible. So this is a football conversation. Now, the rest of the... The rest of the sports matter, probably, eventually. But you're leading football right now because that's where you make your money. That's where the TV deal is going to be the biggest. That's where the biggest payout is. And these schools, these 12 schools that are coming together, minus Texas and Oklahoma, but those two, the 14 schools that are going to make the Big 12, do you know what they can do every time they try to go play somewhere? They get on their charter plane. This isn't 1984 anymore. We don't have to be regionalized. And every game is on national television. This isn't Major League Baseball where you have blackouts. This isn't isn't the NFL in 1992 where you can only watch your regional game on ABC. Right. This is the Big 12 in national college football. And if every game is on Apple TV+, Plus, you know where that broadcasts? Worldwide. Everywhere. If it's on Amazon, if it's on Paramount Plus with CBS as an affiliate, and you have Game of the Week on CBS and do and and do Paramount Plus, and then you get a deal with TNT and TBS because this is an NBA guy that knows those, and they want to get into college football because college basketball works so well for them. You know what you're going to do? You're going to break the market because those are new platforms getting into live college football. And every time that happens and every time that has happened, just look at the NFL deals with like Amazon Prime who wanted to get in the live sports market and overpaid to do so. That's what you have to do. And you it it's a little bit frustrating that the Pac-12 is going first because I don't really think that they'll be good about it. But if they are and they do take up some of that, then 
you're a little bit behind schedule, but I think your Mark's first calls need to be TV deal. I mean, he needs to get that thing done as soon as possible. And that's, you know, I think some people initially, and we can get into the national reaction, everything were surprised because what they perceived as a lack of qualified experience and no, he doesn't have a lot of college experience, but as far as somebody connected to industry stakeholders that work on the TV side, the streaming side, he for sure knows people. And when the co-CEO of Rock Nation calls you, I feel like that's a guy whose phone call you answer. Yeah. Um, And real quick before we move on, I don't want our listeners to be mistaken. Would I prefer a world where you play basically a Southwest Conference schedule plus like Oklahoma State and all that? Yeah, absolutely. But that's just not where the money is. And if Texas Tech can make $15 million playing all Texas teams or $50 million playing BYU and Central Florida and West Virginia, they're going to take the latter. Every school will. That's why college football and college athletics has trended the way it has over the last 15 years or however long this realignment has been going on. So it's just the way of the world. I know it doesn't make sense geographically for Provo and Orlando to be in the same conference, but it does make sense from a TV contract standpoint, which is the only thing these ADs and commissioners care about, increasing the per-school payout through the TV rights deals. Right. Um, So I'm reading from the Big 12's press release. Another quote in there from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Brett is one of the most skilled and knowledgeable executives in sports and entertainment. His decades of operational experience, relentless work ethic, and strong industry relationships, strong industry relationships, will be of enormous value of enormous value to the Big 12, its schools, and fans. He was also, they don't have a quote from a NASCAR person on here, but he was also involved with NASCAR at a time when... The last time NASCAR was popular. Yeah, I was going to say that when they kind of like last (laughs) peaked in relevance and secured a a good deal with uh, Nextel to be the Cup Series sponsor at that time. From the Piston Cup? Uh, Winston, right? That was a Cars joke, man. I uh, haven't seen cars. I do watch NASCAR, though. Um, I found this one interesting, Rob. Fox Sports CEO and executive producer Eric Shanks had this to yeah. say. On behalf of Fox Sports, we'd like to officially congratulate Brett Yormark on being named the new commissioner of the Big 12. Brett is a talented and innovative executive who brings a remarkably unique perspective to the position. That's music to my ears. Under his leadership and vision, the conference is set up for success. And we look forward to continuing to build on our relationship as a premier partner of the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, what did the ESPN executive say in the, in the quote of the press release? I don't have a quote from ESPN in here. Oh, that's weird. Interesting. Interesting. Could that be just PR lip service? Yeah. Could that be posturing? Because Fox knows that Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount, Peacock all want to break into live sports. Yeah. Apple TV. And here's the thing. I think there's been a pessimistic view of what the Big 12 is going to get on their next deal. And I understand the reasons for that pessimism. But You've been a part of the pessimism. I have. But the optimist in me, and I'm no economist, but just looking at the supply and demand... And 
like Rob, the reality is if you and I are stranded on an island and there's one ham sandwich left, I would pay you everything I own to eat that ham sandwich. Is the ham sandwich worth that much? No, it's worth two bucks. But if Netflix, I'm just using them as an example. If Netflix sees their stock price, which has plummeted over the last six months, and they go, holy crap, every single one of our competitors is going to have live college sports except us. Will they pay you 20% over market value for it? 30% over market value for it? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, if you have a guy like Brett Yormark negotiating with several different streaming platforms, TV executives, can you get somebody to pay you even better than that? Maybe. I don't know. And so... If it comes out and the Big 12 gets $50 million per school and they're only quote unquote worth 40, then you got a 25% surplus there and you're worth whatever people are willing to pay you. So anyway, all that to say, I would love to see a model where you play both sides of the fence here. You're partnered with a, a mainstream TV provider, let's say Fox or ESPN, and also, or let me backtrack there, CBS, NBC and also a streaming platform that's affiliated with one of those ESPN plus whatever Fox wants to roll out um, Paramount Peacock. I would love to have it both ways where every single game is available if you pay for the streaming service, but you're also in every household for some of those primetime games with the major affiliates. Right. And I, now if, if it's Fox and you're like the main college football, because it feels like Fox is getting out of college football for some reason. Uh, because they're so intent on keeping NFL alive and doing all that. Uh, is Fox affiliated with Amazon Prime? Because they had some some back and forth there with the broadcasters for a I while. Don't, I don't know. I don't know either. But w- what I'm saying is, if if your main thing is with Fox, I don't want I don't want the Big Twelve Network, really. I don't care to have a Big 12 network. I think we've moved on from that. Unless it's some online platform that runs well, which Fox is not known for, um, online platforms that run well, then I I really don't care to have it. I I just want a place to stream games. It doesn't have to be Big 12 specific. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be branded Big 12. And I think... If I were to guess, so right now you can purchase ESPN Plus as part of a Hulu bundle. Right. So to me, ESPN and Hulu seem a little bit attached to each other. Yeah, they're they're connected and Disney Plus altogether. Right. Um, NBC, I think. No, I'm sorry. CBS. Um, this was Paramount. And pretty much the only college football they had was the SEC game of the week, which for one game a week, that's the one you want, right? Right, but it's um, uh, going away? It's going away. And CBS had a, a different streaming platform. I think it was like CBS Sports Network, something like that. Yeah. And I watched a couple group of five games on that platform last season, and it was a great presentation like as far as yes. um, enjoyment of watching the product. So Paramount Plus is one of those newer streaming services. If they want to break into live sports, give me CBS Plus Paramount. Um, I love that ESPN Plus has every single basketball game and baseball game available. If yes. Paramount can do that for you, and 
I think CBS plus Paramount would be a great landing spot for you. If you could do Fox on Saturdays, some games, maybe half the games on Fox, game of the week on CBS, and the rest on CBS Sports and Paramount Plus with your third tier rights exclusive to Paramount Plus where you're doing all the baseball games and all that and you have a Big 12 tab, I 100%. And I think Fox, CBS, Paramount Plus would get you closer to $50 million than 30 or 24 whatever they projected when, when Texas and Oklahoma left. I think some other options, if you were willing to no, you don't want to be the Mac. You don't want to play on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. But if you were willing to have one conference game on Friday night every week, you don't want that. I would rather have it on Thursday night. Oh, okay, on on Friday or Thursday, and Friday night like- in Texas is high school football. Okay, that's fair. Um, similar to what MLB is doing with. Apple TV, I think that's a Friday night game. Just saying, Apple TV is the only place you can watch this game, but you yeah. can watch it all over the country. And right. when you're not competing with the other four major conferences because they're not playing on Thursday or Friday, or at least if they are, it's a so one Pac 12 does it. The Pac 12 right. does it. I think the Big Ten Pac 12 after dark. Um, but that could be an option for you. Um, NBC has Notre Dame, and that's it. And with Notre Dame now halfway in the ACC, a lot of their games now seem to be more on ESPN. So I wonder if NBC plus Peacock wants more. And to me, I view that as one and one A with CBS plus Paramount. Yeah, Either one of those combos, sign me up for it, and I think you'd get a good deal. Um, and I think that's plus Fox. Is it? It's whatever you're doing plus Fox, I think. So I would because I, I, I think you have to have CBS and Fox because CBS can't because you can't do ten games a week in the preseason just on CBS and Paramount Plus. You can't have nine games on Paramount Plus. You could do so in conference play. There's either four or five games a week, right? Right. Right. Six. Could, eventually. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still thinking ten teams, but you could put three on CBS. And three on Paramount uh, at the same exact time slots, like two 11 a.m. games, two two thirty games, two six o'clock games. Yeah, and fit them all. If in. CBS wants to do Big Twelve football all day, I don't know if they do. Right, I, yeah, I don't know either. Um, I think what is a because ABC doesn't do that. ABC just does the. Do they do football all day on ABC? Yeah, it's ABC, ESPN, depending on region. Right. So. Um, yeah, I guess I th- that's true. See, I think if Fox is your main TV partner, since, in my opinion, they're behind in the streaming component, I think that's where you'd be in sort of an unaffiliated. It'd be Fox plus a Netflix or Fox plus Apple or something like that. Right. I just feel like it's going to be CBS. Like To get to $50 million, I think you need at least three different platforms. You might be right. Yeah, and if you, if you had CBS and Paramount Plus, I know that's the same people, but that's two platforms. Plus Fox and all their platforms. because you you'd have Big Fox, you'd have Fox Sports One, mm-hmm. and Fox to me has to prove that they're in it and that they they can get beyond the well, 
11 a.m. is prime time stuff because that's stupid. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind a Thursday night Fox game. I think wouldn't want to do it a bunch, but yeah, I mean, it'd be the type of deal where you do it once per season. Every, every team, like every team one, got one once max per season. Um, I'd rather I, it be a road game. I'm also curious, right? Yeah. I'm also curious what your mark plans to do in terms of leveraging. I think some people view this as a weakness that, that it's a sprawling conference and that you're in three time zones. I think that could be an asset because that opens up more TV windows for you and Bingo. streaming windows. And so I think that's a selling point, especially so your, your most isolated school now is BYU. They're the only one not in the central or eastern time zone. Then I think if memory serves, eight in the central, three in the eastern time zone. I would leverage the crap out of BYU in the mountain time zone, whatever that looks like. If that means them playing later at night, uh, I, I don't know what that looks like. But a right. smart a smart businessman looks at that and says, we're going to work the schedule in a way with our TV partners that that one game in the mountain time zone is going to work to our advantage. And also, to a lesser extent, those three in the eastern time zone, we have to be smart with those. We need to be on from... 11 a.m. Central Time, all the way through, you know, as late as we possibly can. I know they can't do this in two weeks. That would be ridiculous. But I wish they would have hired your mark a month ago or two months ago or whenever they had the idea that they wanted to fire Bob Bowlesby. Excuse me. Let him step down. (laughs) Because with your mark, I think you need brand new branding. I think you need a new logo for the teams coming in. And if you can be the Conference of America from coast to coast, three time zones, like I think you have to lean into that. I think I think you're right. And I believe I heard on the radio today on ninety seven three here in Lubbock that they were all that they had already committed to like a new logo for the Big Twelve. And I think that's a great idea with, with the new teams coming in, it'll take on a new identity. Oh, you have to. And, and I just think, I mean, to a lesser extent, even those central time zone teams, being smart and moving a 6 o'clock kickoff to a 7 o'clock that would keep you on the airwaves until 10.30 or 11 p.m. when those games go final is smart. And, and I think Yormark gets all this. I mean, he's not, he's not an idiot. Right. He's worked with the Nets. He's worked with NASCAR, the Barclays Center. And everything he's done has seemingly turned to gold. Mm-hmm. I'm curious too. Uh, it, if he um, if he's as sharp as he seems to be, I think he also leverages non-conference games to the benefit of both the TV network and the Big Twelve schools. Like, yeah, I think we'll he comes up two Power Five games and all that stuff. I think he comes up with a package where he says the Big Twelve is worth X in a vacuum, but if West Virginia is playing Pitt every year and Texas Tech is playing A and M or UT every year and Bedlam is there and the border war Kansas-Missouri is there, the holy war BYU-Utah is there, then we're worth X plus however much. And that could all be wishful thing, and that's what I would do if I was in charge. But he seems to be a guy who understands the business side of this more so than these just lifelong bureaucrats that have occupied a chair for a long time and not done anything. Okay, I want to paraphrase two things 
basically, uh, Dellinger and Forty both writing for Sports Illustrated talking about Bob Bowlesby and how great he is. What has he done? What did he do? What did he do for a decade? Nothing. He let the Big 12 react and fail. The Big 12 in Bob Bowlesby's era failed because Oklahoma and Texas ran away because they couldn't get paid what they wanted to get paid. And he just wanted them to re-sign this old, tired, stupid TV deal that he's been pushing, okay? Second thing I want to paraphrase. These ADs and uh, administrators in the Big 12 that don't get it, you're going to get it pretty damn quick because either your school's getting left behind or the Big 12's moving on without you, and they both equate to the same thing. The, does he know our business? Yeah, Bob Bowlesby knew your business, idiot. Your business sucks. The NCAA sucks. is dying. Yeah, it You're sucks. You're in a dumpster fire. <laughs> All of college football wants to leave the NCAA, and you want to know if he knows your business? Your uh, business sucks. Wake up, you moron. I hope he knows nothing about, quote-unquote, their business. Nothing. Well, I guess we're going to have good concerts. You better damn well, because you're not making money doing anything else, you stupid idiot. I, I don't Gosh, get those, it. Those quotes piss me off. And that's from that SI article in Dellinger. And then the next one was like, oh, well, this might fail. Well, that's from some idiot outside, probably from the Pac-12, because that's all Rob Dellinger knows. Or a guy who and applied the for the job. Even in, yes. And didn't the Pac-12 get it. is even in a worse position. I, I don't get it. I, I tweeted that screenshot of like he has big shoes to fill following bob bowlesby i was like what His, like, yeah because they're clown shoes <laughs> Dumbass. can you list me like bob bowlesby's top t- top one thing he did and people are like he, oh he he held the conference together do you know what that equates to rob do you remember playing baseball as a kid and there was that guy on the team who if he swung the bat could not hit the ball and so he was essentially coached Keep the bat on your shoulder, yep. and the balls would fly past his. Hey, good eye, good eye. I mean, thank you for not swinging, because then yep. you might at least get thrown a ball, and you can get a base on balls. That's what that is the highest praise anybody can give Bob Bowlesby. Well, the conference didn't totally disintegrate. He the best held it he together did. with ten teams, and then the only two that mattered left. The but best thing he, he did was like. Hey, the TV contracts are telling us we can make the same amount of money if we just stay at ten, and everyone gets more money. Like that's the best thing he did. I guess. And that is a reaction. That is not proactive. He didn't kick out Missouri because Texas and Oklahoma were going to get more money. He let them leave, or that was before him, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, he came in after. BB and Bowlesby are the same people, man. (laughs) Neither of them were good. It's so incompetent. um, Yeah. And and these big 12 schools, let them stick around. Well, yeah, I mean, they're all taking their marching orders from Texas, which yes. they thought that was going to pay off for them somehow. I don't, I don't know why. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I was reading those quotes about, you know, does this guy know our business? I, I'll have to Google his name. I'm not familiar with All that is is sour grapes, guys that have been part of the machine that has failed for the yep. last 15 years who are pissed off that they didn't get the job. Are we clearing and, out the swamp? I, you might as well. I mean, <laughs> again, I was – I realize I'm being a little bit hypocritical here because I was for Kirby Hokut, who is that old-fashioned type. I, I know his track record here, and I thought he could get the job done in a different way than a guy like your Mark. Right. But 
having said like would i be more okay here's a good way to phrase it i think kirby hokut is a more stable hire you're more yes. sure of what you're going to get but brett yormark is a higher ceiling lower floor hire and i'm okay with going for a higher ceiling at this point because you need that Th- things have changed in three months when bob bullsby first stepped down and we thought that kirby would be a good candidate we were thinking, or at least I was thinking, you know, you, you need someone who knows the teams to put them in a position to be successful on the field. But I really don't give a, a crap if they're successful on the field, at least in the first three years. And I think your mark got a five-year contract. I don't know. I would be shocked if he was here more than five years. Yeah, because if he – okay, the – in a good way. Yeah. I think he's going to do what he needs to do and go back to where he came from. I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll clarify this too. Um, as you know, part of the reason why I wanted Kirby Hoka to do is because if you were going to navigate and escape to the Pac-16, I thought he would be better suited for that than Brett Yormark is not going to help Tech go to the uh, Pac-16. Right. But that, you know that that's okay. But also, I think you and I, again, I don't want to speak for you, we're sort of operating within the confines of what we thought was feasible. And had yes. you told me three months ago, yeah, they're going to hire the co-CEO of Rock Nation, Jay-Z's company, I'd be like, sure. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right. There's no way they go that far outside the box. Because we were still living in Bob Bullsby's Big 12. Yeah, we were. We had I Stockholm said, Syndrome. When did this come out? Tuesday? On the Raiderland yes. on Monday. I am just like FCC regulated cussing at the Big 12. Because it's like, it's the same old stuff. We've just been sitting here twiddling our thumbs for two months. They're not going to announce anybody. They're going to walk out some Washington State dude at the Big 12 conference meetings, and I'm just, like, going off on them. And then the next day, it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to hire Brett Yormark. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I, I, was, I was surprised in a good way, and, and I agree with you that, you know, uh, so I, there was some mixed perceptions, I thought. I saw some reports that, the job, the Big 12 commissioner job, was viewed as a dumpster fire, and others, other reports saying it was a highly sought after job. But I think the consensus is that it's a, it's a tougher job than the other four Power yeah. Five conferences, at do least you know who, in this moment. Do and you know so, who thinks the Big 12 is a bad job? Who? People with small minds. Yeah. So I, I agree with you that if if your mark steps in and let's say he crushes a great TV deal. Yep. Gets us higher member payout than anybody thought could happen. And yep. you know, the, the streaming partners, the TV partners are happy. Yeah, he's due for a promotion. And is that to another power five conference? Is that to a gig with the NBA NFL? Yeah, like if if he does excel here, I mean, I hope he would stay if he excels, but he's probably due for a promotion if he knocks his job out of the park. By and that that's a good point, thing. they'll fire Rob Manfred and make him the commissioner of baseball. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing for the Big Twelve. Like yes, if if we want people to get promoted. If your commissioner is so good that he then gets promoted to like deputy commissioner of the new Power Five entity, great, fantastic. Yes. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, or or he can go save uh, MLB after yeah. Rob Manfred gets hired. Gets fired. <laughs> this this is a college sports podcast, but at some point I do want to talk about Rob. Did you see all the propaganda today? I saw some reports from Jeff Passan that. They were going to go toward like robot umps and a pitch clock and all that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like, 
So first of all, they had a, a fluff piece on ESPN.com. ESPN.com, by the way, I still haven't seen any your mark stuff. Is it on is it on the homepage yet? Doesn't matter. <laughs> um but then there was like a bunch of quotes from him outside of the fluff piece that were like Boy howdy, baseball's great. We love it. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> make this good for you guys. And then he was like, if I had it my way, blackout restrictions would be ended. See, so you're the commissioner, you <laughs> d- dummy. You can't, you, you can't have it your way. If only there was anything just, I could do about this. Just snap, you idiot. Anyways, Man. I feel like I'm being mean tonight. Well, all right. So three things I want your mark to do because that's really all we care about. Yeah. TV deal. And do not wait until 2025. <laughs> I want that thing structured by next fall. It doesn't like I want it in the in place. Now things are fluid and whatever else, but if you could end a year early and start a year early, do it. Uh, second rebrand. I think you have to kill all the Bob Bullsby bullshit. The one true champion, the everyone plays, whatever, that kind of stuff. And then the third thing, which I think is probably delegated, but figure out the conference scheduling. Um, and that surely is already being done. And and I think that your mark is going to be really good about marketing and being the CEO and taking care of things and then delegating football stuff to football people. And delegating basketball stuff to basketball people. And delegating golf stuff to golf people. And and so on and so forth. I think he's not going to be in there making every decision. He's going to make the decisions he knows how to make. And then delegate the rest. And I, I think that's a good move for the Big 12. I'm with you on, on those. I, I think secure the TV deal, which we've already talked about. Uh, part of that, so this is more of a sub point. But number two, as you said, figure out the conference schedule, which means the divisions, the pods, whatever. And I think, just reading some tea leaves, I think there's no way that you play an eight-game conference schedule. I think for both inventory purposes, because that's what, like, I mean, hey, you're more valuable if you put yeah. out 12 more products every year, 12 more games. Um, I think nine is the minimum. I hope maybe they'll look into being creative and say, what if we played 10? How much more could we get per school if we played 10 conference games on yep. these streaming platforms on your network? Um, and also, like I alluded to earlier, compelling non-conference deals, you know, long-term. Pitt and West Virginia are going to play for the next 12 years. So that that's locked in, guaranteed, if that increases your value. Yep. So, And you have to, as a scheduling perk, you, you have to be able to prepare for an expanded pay- playoff. So if you have an expanded playoff where the Big 12 champion is in the playoff, just go ahead and say, all right, we'll start now. Even though that could be in four years, we're going to start now. We're going to play 10 conference games. Um, we'll pay everyone that's not going to – we'll pay ACU for Texas Tech's game in 2026. Fine. But we're canceling all that. Uh, and I would also like to see the Big 12 schedule maybe three years out instead of 10. I don't know how feasible that is, but we talked about that before. It's just stupid, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. But but if you could do a four and six and have four automatic opponents and then six rotating, 
um, you could play everyone every two years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and most people every year. Right. And all but I, one. Yeah. Um, well, I think. Yeah, I guess with 12 teams, it'd be all. You'd have 11 opponents in your conference. You'd play 10 of them. So, yeah, you'd be missing one. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, So I think that the more I think about it, I wonder if 10 conference games. I I don't think you need. I mean, why not play 11? (laughs) If you're playing 10. Well, I mean, hell, why not? No pods, no divisions. Play 11. Uh, so uh, I, where I was going with that is you you really need at least one non-conference game yeah. so, so that BYU can play Utah, so yes. that jo- Georgia can play Georgia Tech, and so on. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. If you wanted a second to give everybody a warm-up against an FCS school, maybe you say you get two non-conference games. Well, the, the, the group of five has to play somebody. Each other. Unless you break off and, yeah, you're just – Playing Power Five schools isn't that where this is probably going? Yeah, that's where I want it to go. Yes. So you you, you get you get ten conference games, maybe eleven, if you want to just do a round robin and make it simple. Put all this pods and divisions and protected rivalries yeah. to bed. And there and are a hundred ball with that. There are hundred twenty college football teams that play for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you get to eighty? Could you could you trim it that much? Probably. And then move forward with that and have a 16-team playoff and call it good? Maybe. Or, or maybe you play those 11 conference games and you play hardball with that last one and say, it's your choice. You can either go play a non-conference rivalry or play some patsy that isn't valuable, isn't helpful, and make the teams decide. But yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that. It, again, if we're going to be thinking outside the box and creative and different – then why not play 11 conference games? There's I like no what the, that says you can't, right? Yeah, I like what the ACC announced today, the three and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were sharing with us today a two and seven. That's a lot of... I think that's... I would rather play three permanent, and not everybody, like, just because Texas Tech's permanent three would be uh, Houston, Oklahoma State, and uh, Baylor. It doesn't mean Baylor has to play... Houston, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Like they could have their own. They would be TCU, whatever. So I, I like that. And if it was four, if it was four and five, and you had four permanent opponents and rotated five, I think that would be even better. Um, a lot of teams are going to be fighting to, to play BYU, I think, every year. I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, regionally, regionally, it's Kansas State. Just let all 11 of them play BYU every year. Well, and, and that's another thing. If you can guarantee 12 Power 5 opponents, that helps your TV deal. Yeah, and the other thing is a lot of these programs um, outside of Texas in the state of Kansas and the state of Oklahoma recruit the state of Texas. I mean, yeah. schools all over the country recruit the state of Texas. If there's four teams from Texas in the conference and you play them all every year, you'd get two of those in the state of Texas and two of them on your home turf. Yeah, I imagine that would be appealing. And you play yes. BYU every year. That's appealing. Maybe you just do an 11-team round robin. Why I don't not? hate it. I don't hate it. You, you tell the networks, hey, we're putting... Okay, I'm going to do some quick math here. So two divided by nine. We're putting 22% more inventory, conference inventory out. We get we're not the bigger brands, but 
if all other factors were, were equal, we'd be worth 22% more just on sheer volume of inventory for the TV and streaming partners. Yep. And you need all the help you can get. So I, I don't know if that's something your mark wants to explore. I don't know if that's feasible, but we, we are already dislike. We already dislike the FCS games. Nobody wants to play Murray state. Nobody. Only Murray state wants to play that game. And in the next few years, Nobody wants to play ACU, except for maybe Keith Patterson wants to play Texas Tech. Revenge. And, like, those kind of games are just, like, Central Arkansas almost beat you, sure. App State, back in the 2007, beat Michigan. Like, Northern Iowa beat Iowa State, I think. But it's a waste. Is it a benefit? No. Think about this, Rob. The only semi-benefit that I can contrive out of that is that you need a, a throwaway game or two when it's 100 degrees in Lubbock. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of like college baseball. All the Big Ten teams just play on the road for the first month of the season because it's too cold where they're from. Right. So why don't you just devise a system where BYU and Iowa State and Cincinnati and West Virginia get their home games earlier in the season? Not always, but again, if we're thinking smart here, Right, play fewer games in Ames in November, more games in Ames in September, and vice versa for the Texas and Florida schools. I don't think that they would go for that. Why not? Because everybody wants home games in December or November. You, you, th- th- I think they would still get them, but just you play want it not smart. crunch in time. Like if if Houston has to go to Ames at some point in the season anyway. Yeah, but if you have to have two, if you have to have two, um, wins. To get to a bowl game, wouldn't you rather play your last two games at home? You guarantee them that one of their last two games will be at home. Everybody gets one of their okay. last two games at home. Yeah, I'd like to. I like to see you draw that schedule out. I mean, it, it's got to be doable. I mean, th- th- there have been times where uh, the 2017 season, Texas Tech played Eastern Washington, and then they had to buy week two, and then they played yeah. 11 straight games. Brutal. Like, th- there's got to be a way to draw up that schedule. Brutal. What about also starting a week earlier before everyone else and then uh, get an extra buy? I'm okay with it. Uh, that makes what now I just described crazy. even harder because now you have to play in Lubbock or in Houston on right. August 28th, and I don't think right. the boys from Provo and Ames and Cincinnati want to do that. Yeah, probably not. All right. Uh, did you give your three things? Were there any more questions on the Discord? We also have not given any ad reads since Cardinals. Oh, goodness. Um, I gave a brief shout-out to Code Ninja. We'll do it all at the end. We apologize, sponsors. Uh, Rahino Barbecue, if you didn't see on Twitter, they are obviously in Olton Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're also going to be at Cardinals this Friday starting at 11, just uh, with their mobile truck in the parking lot. We'll be so there for, at one fifteen. For folks in and around Lubbock that the trip out to Olton is maybe not doable during the week, you can catch them in Lubbock this weekend. So, boom, that's that's two more, right? We got Cardinals and Amory, you know, there. Boom. Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. You can try to figure out what they do. Uh, <laughs> we still don't understand it fully. Cole ever listens to this, he might want a new ad read. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to look through here. New commissioner, we already covered that. Uh, three big changes you want to see in the conference. I think we already answered that in sort of a different yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I want Rob. Hey, if to... I ever saw Bob Bowlesby 
on the street and punched him in the face. There's somebody I can call. Well, if you allegedly did that, you could call Barnett, Howard, and Williams, our friends, all three of them, double Texas Tech graduates. And they do handle criminal defense and catastrophic injury, so they could actually defend you for the criminal defense and Bob Bowlesby's jaw for the catastrophic injury. They're one of the only law firms in the state of Texas that is certified for Title IX student representation. They've defended students, including scholarship athletes, in Title IX litigation at all of the major universities in Texas. They hope you never need them, of course, but if your fist does happen to collide with Bob Bowlesby's face, the Barnett, Howard, and Williams law firm is here for you if you do. You can find out more about the law firm by visiting their website at bhwlawfirm.com. Somebody asked what Les Miles is up to now. I have no idea. Probably uh, yelling at clouds about NIL and yeah. commitment and stuff. Man, how bad would he have been? He got fired for like some pretty bad reasons, right? Yeah. Like he screwed up something. Was it yeah. sexual assault or? Yeah. Yeah. It was like there was stuff hazing. from his there was stuff from his LSU days, and then it, it all caught up to him at Kansas. Uh, the, no, there was he like, was like he was like uh, flirting with interns and stuff. Oh God, I didn't remember that part. I just remember there was hazing and like bullying within the program. Anyway, a favorite Wu Tang deep cut. All Could you guys. name a Wu Tang a Wu Tang song? Bring the motherfucking ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing. To- that's all I know. Uh, could you name any of the nine members of Wu Tang? Uh, Chief Wu. I, I don't know. Chief Wu. <laughs> Jerome Tang is he part of the Wu Tang? Oh uh, no! But that's going to be on the list tomorrow. Yeah, the head of Mike Boynton. Um, really? Is Mike Boynton ten? Yeah. Is there a reason for him to be any higher? Uh, he's, uh, I guess not. He look, I'm sick of it. We're half a decade into Mike Boynton and he's a nice guy and everybody loves him and he can recruit. He doesn't win basketball games. Sorry. Okay. No. Yeah. And he's in a conference with a bunch of hall of fame coaches. So, right. Porter Mosier, uh, above five. He's five. Top five. He's top five. Okay. Bob Huggins seventh, which feels wrong because no, of the doesn't. longevity, but, but no, it doesn't. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. What has he done? Yeah. What has he done? He's been past the Sweet 16 one time since 1996. Yeah. And was that with West Virginia? No. No, that was uh, Cincinnati, I think. Cincinnati. What's he done or, at West or, Virginia? Sorry. The one time that he got past it since 96. 96 with Cincinnati, then once with West Virginia. Oh, okay. He's not Tang coaching... Night. He's not coaching uh, Pitt Snoggle. No. So, so five, Porter Mosier, those OU fans that find this on Friday afternoon, they're not going to be too upset. I hope not. You but hope They not. are hard to please. <laughs> uh, you hope so. All right, man, final thoughts. I still want to go eat my uh, meatballs and cabbage. I will let you go. My final thought is that if you have a – student age 5 to 14 and need to teach them how to level up their coding, STEM, and engineering skills in a fun, hands-on environment, Code Ninjas is the place for you. In addition to the year-round programs, they have 
the summer programs going on right now. And our listeners can get $10 off using the promo code Gauchos at checkout for any of the Code Ninjas Lubbock summer camps. If you're not fortunate to be a Lubbockite, you either have to drive a long ways to get here or pay the extra $10 at your local Code Ninjas. These camps use technology that your kids already love, like Legos, Minecraft, and Roblox, to expand their skills, creativity, and confidence. Build a game controller out of a banana. Shoot an animated movie. Start a YouTube channel. Create and print in 3D or design a charging robot rhino. Or maybe some of these older ones, the 13, 14 year olds, can be interns for your mark and come up with a brand new streaming platform for the Big 12. Maybe so. $10 off promo code gauchos at codeninjas.com. Favorite guilty pleasure 90s country song? Favorite guilty pleasure country 90s song? It's got to be Shania Twain. Mm hmm question is which one i guess if we're leaning in on the guilty pleasure then it'd be man i feel like a woman that's a great song i'd go austin blake shelton man shirt short skirt Uh oh (laughs) Uh, i go austin blake shelton i hate that song i love that song i feel like i should hate it too but i like it who who used their answering machine like that nobody (laughs) Yes, this is all. If it's Tuesday, I'm at the ball game. Nobody did that, even back when those were relevant. No, it's nobody nobody updated it every week. Nobody updated it every week. Said, if it's Wednesday morning, I've got a dentist appointment. Nobody did that. I bet they did. I had an answering machine. Thank you for calling. Leave your number. We'll call you back. Yeah, that I hate that song. Right, it's a great song. Guilty Pleasure Blake Shelton song, not from the 90s. Uh, what's it called? Oh, with, with, no, with the, uh, with the Pistol Annies. Chew the back and chew the oh, back and chew the back and spit. <laughs> That's so bad. What's that song called? I don't know. Ain't a damn one know how to do the Dougie. <laughs> Y'all don't do the Dougie? No, not in Kentucky. <laughs> Oh, Blake Shelton. I wouldn't like listen to that song at my house, but if it yeah. came on in the club, I'd be out there. In the club. Y'all don't do the dirty. At chances are. Yes. No, not right. in Kentucky. Chew the back of spit. Um, that's all I got, man. Uh, all right, man. Thank you to our sponsors. We'll give you some extra love on social because we kind of botched the... Uh, we're just kind of <laughs> wrapped up. We in got into world. it. Anyway, Rob has to go eat dinner. Love y'all. Love y'all.